Hey, this is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for connecting with us, and we hope this message encourages you and connects you vertically to God. Enjoy the message. Is anybody pumped today? I'm pumped today. I'm excited to be back in church, everybody. Can I just take a quick moment? Um, those of you who are new might not know. Uh, we, my wife and I, we were out for four Sundays, uh, had some good family time with our, with our kids. The only way that's possible in a church is if you have a great staff. So I want to honor our Vertical Church staff right now. What a great team. What a great team. If you know them and you see them, just bless them and thank them. They're such a blessing. Uh, anybody brought your Bibles today? I want to see if anybody brought their Bibles today. Your Bibles. This is the word of God. This is your sword. Um, we're a church who loves the Bible, believes in the Bible, and I love holding it and knowing how to actually get to the book. So I want to encourage you always, always, always bring your Bible to church. Um, for those of you who don't have it, don't worry. We're going to have verses on the screens for you. I want to invite you to go to two places in the Bible. Open up to Matthew 5, which is where we're going to start. And then, and then a little bit ahead, we're also going to go to a story in Acts chapter 16, <clears throat> Matthew 5. And then if you can put a marker in Acts 16, that'll give us a little bit of a, of a head start. Um, I don't know if this happens to you all, but sometimes I discover something new that I didn't know about something that I use often. Um, I don't know if this has happened like where you see either watch a video or somebody shows you and you're like, oh, that's what that's for, right? Like, oh, I didn't know. Like that's there for a reason, right? Uh, and so I thought, anybody ever, ever experienced that? And you're, yeah, yeah. So that happens to me and, and, I, and I saw a video. You guys have probably seen something like this. But I want to see if there's any, oh, in the, in the middle of the video. Watch this video. Take a look at this. Tick-tock. 
Thank you, Lord, for the revelations that have come today. See, we didn't even go to the book of Revelation and you had some. Um, some of you discovered some, th some things right there, right, in that video? And it's like, oh, oh, that's what that's for, right? In other words, that's there for a reason. Help me out. That's there for a reason. It happens to all of us when we're using something maybe the wrong way or maybe we just didn't know what it was for. And there's a lot of things like that. And what happens is the light bulb turns on and all of a sudden you say, that's there for a reason. So today in the same way, what I want to do is I want to help you discover something so important from God's word, okay, and you want to know what it is? It's that you are no accident. You were created by God with purpose. Your life matters, and guess what? You're here for a reason. Come on, tell three people with a big smile. Tell them you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason, baby. You are not accidental. You are not here by chance. You're here for a reason. Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5, let's read a verse, a couple verses here. Matthew chapter 5, by the way, is where Jesus is, is on the Sermon of the Mount. On the Mount, he's preaching to a lot of people about God's word. He's teaching. Uh, and in Matthew 5, he, he helps us have one of these, hopefully today, a light bulb moment. And what he says to everybody who follows him, to his disciples, by the way, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a follower of Christ. You are a disciple of Jesus. In verse 14 of Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of of the world. Pause. What are you? The light of the world. It's a town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it up on its stand and it gives light to who? To everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So what? So they clap and applaud for you? So you can have the glory? No, no, no. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's pray. Lord, right now we invite you, Holy Spirit, into this moment. Help us understand spiritual and biblical truths that will help us live them out so that we can reap the blessings from obedience to your word. I pray that you would break the hardest of hearts today. I pray that you would soften the hardest of hearts today. I pray that you would speak in such a clear way that people, all of us, would understand your speaking to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. In Jesus' name I pray. <clears throat> Amen. You are here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And if you read a little bit before where we read in Matthew 5.13, it says you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. That's why, as Christians, that's why we're here. What does light do? Light impacts darkness. What does light do? Light shines the way for the path. And we are called to make an impact. We are called to be the light of the world. And um, I think we get it. Being light is a good thing, but it can also be overwhelming when the world is so dark. And sometimes you and I might feel, like, what am I going to do <laughs> with all this darkness and my light? You know, I'm just starting. I'm just like a little teeny-weeny flashlight. Like, what am I going to do with all of the darkness around me? And I'm here to tell you today, it's not your job to, to use yourself or to be. It's your job and my job to say, God, I put myself in your hands. I surrender myself. Use me. Use my life. Uh, we can make a difference where we are. <clears throat> you know, yesterday, as a church, we made a big impact. We had our annual vertical serve day. Shout out to everybody who participated. Woo, woo. You, you're going to see here, we had, we had 27 projects 
in which we had over 335 people serving in, give or take a few, over 956 hours served in our community, give or take a few. And what did we do? We said, God, we're going to go out of the four walls of the church and we are going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're going to love God and we're going to love people. It's clear why we love God is because he is God. He's given us life. He's the reason we live. He saves us and forgives us. But not only do we love God, we love people. Question, why do we love people? Because God loves people. And if we love God, we have to love what he loves loves. And so if I, if I say I love God, but I hate people, then I'm contradicting myself because God loves people, even people who don't know him and are far from him. And that is why he calls us to be light. Because there's so many people living in a dark world without the truth, without the word, without the gospel, without Jesus. And you and I have the opportunity to live the difference. Can we just give it up for serve day? Everybody who served, thank you, Lord. By the way, um, my encouragement is not like, okay, serve day, check, no more serving until next year, right? The idea is that maybe that you catch on and say, man, I want to keep doing this. We're praying that some people will rise up and say, I want to start an outreach community service life group where maybe there's things happening consistently throughout the season or the semester or the year because some of you are wired to serve. Some of you, it's part of your gifting. We're going to talk about that a little bit ahead. Man, what a beautiful thing we could do is to be light. And yesterday, we didn't just serve to serve. We didn't just serve to say we have some numbers. We did it to be light. We did it so we can connect our kindness to the love of God, to connect our service to the, to the love of a father. We were in different institutions, including a few nursing homes, blessing the elderly, a few hospitals, taking uh, love baskets to people in hospitals. Uh, we were in a few um, um, four kids, which is a, uh, an organization that helps uh, children get adopted. We, uh, we, were, we were helping in different areas in the community, blessing people and, uh, that, are, that have organizations in the community that just help and serve, a place that's, uh, that takes care of horses, a place that takes care of dogs, even, even saying, hey, we see you, we care about you. We want to serve you. We want to bless you, but we're not doing it for any applause. We're not doing it for recognition. We're not doing it so you pay us. We're doing it because we love God and we want to love you. And can I just tell you something? That speaks loud to a world that sometimes is tired of hearing people say, yeah, Jesus, but no action. And, uh, and, and so I love that. And I love the fact that we were able to do that together as a church. I want to take a look at a story today. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. It's kind of a peculiar story, and honestly, I really want to get down to one word. It's funny, I want to go to one word, which is in one verse, but I still want to read the story because it's kind of a fun story. And uh, for, people who, for people who say the Bible is boring, it's because you've never read it. The Bible is one of the most interesting uh, composition of books uh, in the history of, of mankind. That, by the way, that's why it's the most sold book ever, and it will continue to be, and it is extraordinary, and it is powerful. Um, but I like Harry Potter. Well, let's go to Acts 16. Acts 16, verse 16, and it's going to tell us a story where, where Paul and Silas and a few other guys that are serving the Lord um, kind of have a situation. Acts 16, verse 16. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Pause. What did the female slave have? She had a spirit which did what? predicted the future. This wasn't a, a godly spirit. This wasn't a righteous spirit. Uh, when, we, when we're talking about an ungodly spirit, we could also say it's a demonic spirit. And it says she earned a great deal of money for her owners by what? Fortune telling, it says here. 
She, so, so this is a fortune-telling girl who is a slave to her owners, and she's making them a lot of money by doing some fortune-telling. And it's not inspired by divine, you know, godly inspiration. It's inspired by, by some demonic spiritual uh, presence and power. And it says, she followed Paul and the rest of us, Luke's writing Acts, right, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Okay, pause. What she says sounds righteous because it, it was a true statement. However, the way she was doing it was to try to get them in trouble. Why? Because Satan will always come against what the Lord wants to do. Satan will always come with opposition. Satan will always come rowdy and noisy. Watch the news. Watch the news. Groups that come kind of rowdy and noisy and want attention and want to make statements and all that because it seems like a right thing, but really it, there's, some, there's, some, there's some kooky spirit stuff going on here. Verse 18, she kept this up for many days. So can we just say that Paul might have had a little more patience than each of us and his guys? She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed <laughs> that he turned around and said to the spirit, pause. Did he say it to the girl? No, he said to the spirit who was in the girl. He said to the spirit, <clears throat> in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Which by the way, the name of Jesus is so powerful that spirits have to obey. As long as the one who's carrying the name has the authority because they have a relationship with the name. At the moment, the spirit left her at that moment. Boom. I wonder what that might have looked like. I don't know if it was like a, you know, I don't know. It was nay, nay. I don't know what. Thank you. Like, I don't know what it was. At the moment, it left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, right, because it was very self-centered. A lot, a lot of times when people are making noise about, well, this is our statement. It's very self-centered. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates, which is like the officials, police officers, and they said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. Question, were Paul and Silas throwing the city into an uproar? No, it was this girl and the spirit in her, maybe. And now they're not getting their money, so that's what they're saying this, by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Because how many know sometimes the crowd is just thrown by whatever wave comes their way? And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, that's a good definition, I mean, severely flogged, you can imagine. It wasn't like, bad boy, like it, was, it was severely flogged. They were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, <laughs> doesn't even make sense. About midnight, you remember the story, right? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners, well, they were listening to them. Okay, let's stop right there for a second. Can we agree that Paul and Silas were having a pretty bad day by normal standards? Right? When you're doing a good thing, but then you're judged and condemned as if it was a wrong thing. And then to top it off, you're beaten and flogged severely. And then you're tied up and put in prison in the inner, in the inner cell. Could we agree? Like, not a good day? But, in other words, what, what 
what I would have been doing, and probably you, is complaining and crying, right? Like, shoot, I'm not going to do anything for you, God. Like, look at this. Like, right? Like, but because they were responding to their bad day in the right way, other people were taking note of it. Because they should be the first to be able to be like, eh, whatever, you know. And what, what are they doing? They are praying and singing victory. Like, verse 26. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Question, coincidence? By the way, whenever God works in your life, not only will he work in your life, but he'll, he'll open some prison doors for other people around you too. Because God is a God who says, that's a whole other message, sets people free. Um, everybody's doors flew open and the chains came loose. Verse 27, when the, then the jailer woke up and when he saw, he, he probably ran and came and saw the prison doors open, he drew his own sword and was about to kill himself. Why? Because... He thought the prisoners had escaped. So this jailer knew that he had the responsibility of making sure that all these prisoners were secure in their jails. This earthquake happens. Who knows where he was or where he had to come from or he was sleeping. Who knows what? But, but whatever, he comes and all the doors are wide open. So what is he thinking? They all left. They all ran. My life is done. I'm going to just kill myself right now. But Paul shouted, verse 28, don't harm yourself. Bobby, I don't know what his name was. It doesn't say a name. Don't harm yourself. We're, we're all here. Can you imagine that moment? The jailer called for lights. Check this out. Rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So, so this guy can't even fathom that they didn't leave. And he says to Paul and Silas, you guys are so different. From the moment you got here, you're so different the way you live the way you speak, the way you respond to adversity, the way you carry yourself. It is so evidently countercultural and different that I want what you got. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it takes or what it's going to cost, but can you tell me? Because they, they were probably talking to everybody about it. They're, they're probably getting the chains put on and saying, hey, do you know Jesus, right? And, and, and he, he asks them, how can I get what you have? And, 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 and Paul says, if you want to be saved, if you want what we have, you have to believe in Jesus Christ. And guess what? You can be saved. And just like, just like we've impacted you today, Mr. Jailer, just like our testimony, our witness, the way we live, which is so different than the way of the world, just as this has impacted you so that you could be saved and take that step in the same way, if you're saved, your life is going to impact the people around you. And it's interesting because the word there that we read, household, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this. It's the word oikos, okay? You guys ever go on a flight before? Like the first class? Anybody ever try first class, right? Well, the first class part of going to heaven is people who take notes in, in church. So 
That's in the book of 2 Moses 3.3. 3. <laughs> the Greek word oikos. Everybody say oikos. Pastor, I thought that was a yogurt. Yeah, well, they got it from the Greek, okay? Greek yogurt. Oikos, which means your sphere of influence or the roof of influence. We read household or even family, some versions say, but the true definition would be your sphere or circle of influence. Uh, in, in other words, you and I have an oikos that we are supposed to be influencing and impacting. And, and by the way, when it says you and your household uh, will be saved, it, that, that's not to say, oh, when you get saved, automatically everybody else in your house gets saved, no matter what. No, because remember, per salvation is a personal decision. But what it says is you now have the ability to influence and affect your oikos. Everybody say oikos, oikos. So, so I want to answer two main questions today. Here's the first one. How do I figure out my oikos? How do I figure out my sphere of influence? I'm going to give you three things. You guys ready? Number one, my people. My oikos is my people, the people that are close to you, family, friends, coworkers, classmates. They're right around you in your life. There's an, did you know there's an expectation from God that your life would speak to those around you? By the way, that's why Christianity causes you to live different. That's why when I'm a Christian, I'm not just living how everybody in the world lives. Because I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I, I begin to live and, and walk and be more like Christ. That's why I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm not a disciple of the world, so my life looks different than the world that looks more like Christ. Does that make sense? And God says, you're the light of the world. So how can I live in darkness and expect to be light? And so, and so it's, it's very important to understand, part of my oikos is my people. God has put people in your sphere of influence in your oikos. Your neighbors are your neighbors on purpose. Your classmates are your classmates on purpose. Most sociologists say that most people have about 12 people in this close sphere. And they say if you add up the time you spend with people in a week, for example, seven days, like face-to-face -face intimate time, all the people who are an hour or more collectively in a week, and that most people have about 12 people in this group that's your circle of influence. Interesting fact, most fathers uh, spend an average of seven minutes in direct contact with their kids a day. Seven times seven would be 49, so most fathers don't have their kids in their circle of influence. That's another preaching. And so, it's your oikos. You don't have to look for it. Up on the screens, Mark 5, 19, Jesus said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. This is the best approach when you share your faith with other people. Tell them about what God has done in you. Don't start by saying, you're a sinner, turn or burn, you're going to hell. Although if you don't have Jesus, this is a true statement, that's not the best approach. People are not like, oh, I want more of you. Turn or burn, right? It's, can I just share with you what, Jesus, what God has done in my life? Jesus has transformed my life. And I, and I just want to share this with you because I think it could be a blessing and a help to you. Do you see the approach? It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. So how do I discover my oikos? Everybody said my people. Number two, my place. My place. This is, this is part of your sphere of influence. God has you in a place on purpose. You're in Davie or Sunrise or Weston or Coral Springs or Pember Pines or Miramar or Cooper City or wherever it is that you live, you're there in that place, not by accident. You're there for a reason. You're there on purpose. You're in that school. 
that middle school, that high school, that college for a purpose. You're at that job for a purpose. It's your oikos, whether it's for a season, whether it's long-term. Recognize that God put you here for a reason. Take advantage of it. Go for it. Understand it. Say, God, show me my oikos. Show me the people. Show me the place. Psalm 90, verse 17 up on the screens. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Lord, establish the work of your hands for us. Yes, establish the work of your hands. That's a good prayer to pray. Lord, establish the work of your hands in my life. Lord, show me my oikos. Establish the work of your hands in my life for my people, for my place where you have me. Listen, you're not here just to make a living. Your purpose in life is not to pay the bills. You may have that responsibility, but that's not your purpose. Your purpose is to be the light of the world, to live in such a way that causes people to say, hold up, I want what you got. Not because you're a prideful person and you're so proud because look at me, but because, man, God has been so good in my life and people need Jesus. And when you live in such a way that causes them to be thirsty or hungry for me, that, that, that is a great witness. By the way, part of your place is also your church. <laughs> part of your place, part of your place is, is your spiritual family where you connect. And can I just mention, we're starting something new. We kind of revamped our growth track. Now step four is vertical connect. It's this new thing we're doing, and, 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 and obviously anybody who's going through the growth track, they'll complete that step, step four. But then for, if maybe you've been here at Vertical for a while, and you, you did the growth track at some point, but you're not really serving actively in, in any way or in any area, come to Vertical Connect and, and, and find a place to, to connect. Or maybe you said, man, I finished it, and I put I was interested, but nobody ever called me. It's been months, right? So come to Vertical Connect. Forgive us for any lapse on our side, but, but, get, but jump in because there's something beautiful and powerful about connecting with your spiritual family and beginning to serve in a way that makes an impact on other people's lives. Man, our impact team is great, but with you it would be even better because God has put giftings and abilities and spiritual gifts. And, and this, this code here, this QR code here, uh, will lead you to get more information about Vertical Connect. So Vertical Connect is people, people that are actually finishing step four of the growth track. It is step four. It's for people who maybe finished before but aren't actively serving. You want to say, man, I want to get in. I want to get back in. Or if you're doing church and you just wanna, you're just kind of interested, you know, curious. I'm curious, right? Come in. Come in to Vertical Connect. Find out a little bit more about different ways to serve. Because let me tell you something. Your design reveals your destiny. The way God made you reveals where you're going to feel most fulfilled. And there's something beautiful about being part of something bigger than yourself that's making an impact on eternity in people's lives. And that's what we do here at church every Sunday. Whether it's serving on Sunday on a Sunday team or serving in, the, in midweek on a, on, a, on a different team, on a midweek team, or even leading a life group. There's so many ways you can serve. But can I tell you something? It's part of your oikos. Number three, your people, my place. Number three, my passion which is connected to what we're talking about, my passion. Every one of you has passions. Every one of you has spiritual giftings. And every one of you has natural talents and abilities. The question is, how are you leveraging those to serve God and serve people? Because until you do, you won't experience the fulfillment. You might get some temporary fulfillment from monetary or material, you know, exchange, but there's nothing. Let me tell you, people yesterday that finished serving in all these different serve projects, you know, we had, we had a group of people go to a, to a family's home that their garage literally burned. And uh, everything was literally, it was like in ashes. I mean, they were able to salvage some things, but, but this family was looking at this like, how the heck are we going to do this? And all of a sudden, 10 people with green shirts show up with gloves and hands, and a couple hours later, everything's out of that garage, and everything's getting back in order. That's a, that's a great blessing. That's a great blessing. 
And some people say, man, I live for this. Can I do this more? And the answer is yes. We're praying for more people to say, man, I want to start a life group for community outreach where every week or every other week we can do something in the community and do some devotionals and grow. Like we're praying for that. Why? Because some of you are wired for that. Your passions. Some of you have different passions. Some of you like technology and you like, you know, videography or, or computers. And, and, you know, and then some of you are like, no, please, no, no computers, right? You know, it's the devil, right? Because we're wired differently. But isn't it great that we're wired differently? And some of you walk in a room and you don't see anything else except the person who's sitting alone. And you're thinking, why are they alone? Because you have the gift of mercy and compassion. You want to go ask and bless and pray for and encourage, right? And other people, you don't see that person, but you see those chairs that are out of whack. They're out of line. And you're like, man, we need to get this in order because you have a servant heart. You want to go serve. You want to fix. You want to have excellence, right? And other you have gift of teaching, right? You know, and you're like, man, I could preach this much better than Pastor Verge, Right? And maybe you can, right? And, and so I, I invite you why, don't you, why don't you lead a life group and, and put some of that into action, right? There's so many ways that your giftings and your abilities can be a blessing for God's purposes to, to the people out there in the community and even as part of this church to reach out. This is our oikos. We have to impact and influence our oikos. My people, my place, my passion. You know, th- this is a verse. Psalm 37.4 is a verse that's very famous, but it's very highly misinterpreted. Psalm 37.4 Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Can I tell you that I think 75 to 80% of people have this Bible verse misinterpreted. Most people think, delight yourself in the Lord, and he's going to give you everything you want. Some of you are like, well, that's not what it means, Pastor. (laughs) That's a misinterpretation. And by the way, that's what I believed at one point in my life when I would read that verse, what it, really, what it really means, that verse, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will put in your heart the right desires. Do you get it? He'll give you the desires. of it. He'll give you the right desires for your heart to go after. Does that make sense? But it's not like, okay, so this week, Lord, the lottery, and next week, that BMW, right? I mean, that, I mean is God a puppet? And, and because then if that was how it was, then it's like, and if he doesn't do it, then it's like, well, forget you, God. Over three this month, right? So, so it's not delight yourself in the Lord and he's going to give you everything. Why? It's delight yourself in the Lord and you're going to be so close and so connected and hearing from him so clearly that the desires that are in your heart are going to be his desires. Does that make sense? Some of you are like, oh, that's what that's for. Check, right? Psalm 37.4. Now we get it. How, how do I discover my oikos, my people? My place, my passions. Last question we're going to answer today. How do I impact my world? How do I impact my world? Number one, I have to refocus on the manner in which I live. Everybody say manner. The manner in which I live. The way in which I live. Can I just say something? If the way I'm living is the way everybody lives, it's not God's way. Thanks for the three amens and a half. If the way I'm walking is the way everybody in the world walks, I'm not walking in Jesus' way. And that's not to say, oh, everybody's wrong. And I'm right. It's to say, Jesus calls us to a different life, which means there's some things that I do and there's some things that I don't do because I choose to follow Jesus' way. And so, and so if I really want to impact my world, I have to refocus the manner in which I live. Do you know that your reputation matters? And so if I care about you, I care about what other people think about you. And so if I love you enough, I'm going to say, hey, what's going on here? And by the way, same thing goes, if you love me and care about me, you want to make sure that 
to encourage me on the right path. Why? Because you love me and care about me and you care what other people think about me. Can I get an amen? So the way in which I live is one of the great, why do you think that jailer said, he didn't go to like the other prisoners, right? He went straight to Paul and Silas. You guys, why? There was something just totally different. Does it make sense? And they were probably kind of busted up and beat because they were flogged severely. And yet still. And so it's not a physical external thing. It's something you carry. And so here's my question. And you don't have to answer this, but, but can you just think about it for a little bit? Like think about it. Like when you walk into a room, what happens? Like when you walk into the group of friends at school, everything the same? Is there, is there any shift when you, when you get to that family party? Is there a, and I'm not saying like, oh, like I'm here to change everything. I'm just saying like things happen because, because you can't ignore God's presence in somebody's life. It's, it's evident. Sometimes people don't like it, and, and especially the enemy. So how? I got to refocus the manner in which I live. Look, look up on the screens. First Thessalonians 4.10. Look at this. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to lead a peaceful life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your, check it out, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Make it your ambition. Make it your, so we're not there yet, but make it your ambition to get there. I, I, I kind of wrote out a line. I was inspired by this line. And uh, if you like it, take it, you know, put it on your mirror or something. Check it out. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. That's kind of like what happened with Paul and Silas. Don't you want that? Don't you want your life to be so attractive that people who know you but don't know God will want to know God because they know you? That doesn't happen by accident. That doesn't happen when you're just walking in the flow of everybody else's. It's, it's when you're walking against the current. It's countercultural. That person stands out. Why? Because Jesus is king in your life. Sex isn't king in your life. Money isn't king in your life. Selfish ambitions aren't king in your life. Applause of others isn't king in your life. Jesus is king in your life. And fulfilling is all the manner in which you live. Another way. Another way is recognize the moments God gives you. So, so first, refocus the manner in which you live. You want to impact your oikos? Recognize the moments God gives you. I have to recognize the moments God gives me. There are moments, you know, the God of the universe has 7 billion people on this planet. He's navigating it in his sovereignty, in his providence. And today he's going to cause your, your life to intersect with somebody else. My question, is it a coincidence that you're sitting in the same row with that person? I don't know. Maybe. But when you're on purpose, living on purpose, maybe there's something that God wants you to intersect with that person. There's a reason why you parked right next to that person. There's a reason why your kid is on that person's, on that person's soccer team. And is there a reason, could there be a reason beyond just chance? Could there be a reason why that's the waitress you're going to have today after church when you go have lunch? And what's that intersection? Are you ready for it? Or are you so clouded by your own needs and wants and desires that you're oblivious to the, to the thing that God wants to do just in one intersection, in one moment, in one interaction, in one question? Hey, you've served us so well today. What's your name? Sometimes we don't even know their name. Just treat some, people's favorite word. You know people's favorite word? Their name. 
Just a little tip, just a little tip. Whenever you go to a restaurant and somebody's serving you, ask them their name at the beginning. What's your name? Oh, Bob. Hey, Bob. And at the end, Bob, thank you for serving us. You know what? Can we pray for you? How many people do you think ask a waiter or a waitress, can I pray for you? Not a lot of people, but can I tell you something? Do you know how that impacts, especially if it's genuine? Moments. Moments. There's a group of over 30 people from our church that took a moment and go, to go on a missions trip a couple weeks ago. And what did they do? They said, here we are, God, send us to Barranquilla, Colombia. We want to make a difference. As we see some shots here in, on the videos, what they did is they said, Lord, we, yeah, we could stay home and we could go on vacation somewhere else, but we want to take these, these days specifically in our, in our summer and we want to go and we want to love you, God, and we want to love some people. We want to take some blessing bags to some people that are living in some extreme poverty. We want to share the message of the gospel. We, even if we got to use a silly drama about hotel heaven, about what, how you get to heaven, and just and put a smile on kids' faces, give some clothes to some people that need it, love on some people. By the way, also bless about five or six small churches in very impoverished areas with things that they could never afford at this season. And also, let's bless our daughter church that's over there. And they just said, let's take advantage of the moment. Pastor Jusleyan and I sat with all the missionaries on Thursday night to hear a lot of the testimonies of the experiences that they had, including the testimony of this one guy, actually a Venezuelan refugee who's just living on the streets, dirty, smelly, not in a good condition. And one of our missionaries came up to him, started sharing the gospel, and found out that the man hadn't been touched or hugged in years. Loved on him, hugged him. They helped him get cleaned up, showered up, cleaned, gave him some clothes. And guess who showed up on Sunday morning for the first time to church? I mean, it's stories of, of moments and people. And it's all, it's all when we're willing to say, God, use me. And by the way, you don't have to leave the country. That's why we did Serve Day. It's local missions with Serve Day. You just got to look outside your door, my friend, in your neighborhood, in your community, at your work, at your school, in your own family. There's people who don't know Jesus. The question is how Will your life point them up vertically? Be the light. Psalm 37. <laughs> Psalm 37, 23. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Proverbs 16, 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. That phone call this week, that email message, that text. Why not put God bless you at the end of it? Why not say, can I pray for you before I go, 30 seconds? Why not think and step outside and say, how can I serve you? Those are intersections. Those are moments. Lastly, how can you affect your oikos? Third, relay the message of hope to a broken world. So it's the manner, it's the moments, and it's the message. And our message, by the way, is not turn or burn in hell, right? It's a, it's a reality that we don't want. But it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to salvation and to forgiveness. It's, it's, man, look what God has done in my life, and I didn't deserve it, and I wish you could experience it too. We have words of life. We have words of hope. It's interesting. First um, Peter 3.15 has this. And by the way, I'm going to ask you guys to go, to go to one final passage, 2 Corinthians 5. I want to read that one together. Uh, but First Peter 3, it tells us, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. So Peter says, always be ready to share your story, to share your testimony. And I want to challenge you, before we go to the last passage here in 2 Corinthians 5, I want to challenge you, um, if you haven't done so, learn how to share your story, your God story, in under three minutes. 
Learn how to share. I mean, if you're sitting down on a coffee, you might have 30 minutes with somebody. Or, you know, if you're or if developing a friendship relationship, you have more time. But, but sometimes, you ever heard of the elevator pitch, right? Uh, in, business, in the business world, they say, hey, you got to know how to cast vision of what your organization or your company does if you're in an elevator ride in less than two minutes, two to three minutes. So, so I want to encourage you, learn how to tell your God story in less than three minutes because you never know when you might have an opportunity or a moment. And that intersection, you never know if you're, if you're the one who's planting the seed or if you're the, the one that's watering. And after that is when that person is going to make a decision for Christ. You don't know where you are in that, in that loop, right, in that, in that journey. But, but when you learn how to do it, you're ready just in a couple of minutes to say, man, this is what my family's life was like. And I kind of grew up into it. But then there came a point in my life personally where I realized that, man, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. And, and I, I, I don't deserve anything. But the, but the message of the gospel of Jesus reached my life and I understood it. I understood it at a young age, but, but it became real and personal to me as a young teenager where I decided to live my life for Jesus. And I made a few important decisions for my journey and for my personal life and for my relationship and for what my marriage in the future would be and for my future kids and even for my calling. I didn't know what my calling was going to be back then. But, but it seems that God really loves to use people who say, I'm here for you, Lord. And so no matter what your story is, he can always turn it around for his glory. Check this out. I want to finish with 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 17. You guys got it? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Can I get an amen for that right there? All this is from God who reconciled, everybody say reconciled. Reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody say reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You know, you, know, you know what it is to reconcile something? It's to bring to a balance of zero. So maybe you owed a lot, and all of you, when you reconcile it, you bring it to zero. Anybody who had a checkbook back in the day and had to reconcile your accounts? So you owed a lot, you owed a lot, but when you reconcile it, balance of zero. Have you ever paid off a debt? How does it feel? Ooh, like a weight off your shoulders. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation which is to help people understand that even though all the sins and all the mess-ups in their life have been counted against them because the wages of sin is death, God loved us so much that he provided a way for our account to be reconciled back to zero so that we no longer owe what we should owe, which is the penalty of death, but because of Christ's sacrifice, we can be clean and clear of all debt, spiritually speaking, and we could be saved. We could receive the gift of eternal life and abundant life here on earth. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm here to remind you today, oh, that's there for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're in your school for a reason. You're in that neighborhood for a reason. You're at that workplace for a reason. You're in this church for a reason. You might be in that row for a reason. You might be in that restaurant for a reason today. The question is, are you ready? Are your eyes open? Are you understanding your oikos, your people, your place, your passions? Are you making the connection that your design reveals your destiny? Are you paying attention to the manner in which you live? Taking advantage of the moments God gives you? 
relaying the message of hope and life in Jesus. I want to pray two prayers. First, I want to pray that we would get better at understanding our oikos, our sphere of influence. And secondly, the second prayer is for anybody who feels far from Jesus. You might want to take a step and accept him as your Lord and Savior today. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word today. Specifically, Lord, we pray that you would help us understand our oikos, our environment. We want to be close to you. We want to be aware of not only who you are, but who you've created us to be. Thank you because we are more than just, we're here than, for more than just paying bills. We're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. Lord, may the light bulb turn on for so many of us today, understanding that you've called us for a reason. Help us live in a way, in a manner that is different than the world, and that that would catch the attention of so, so many people that would come and say, I want and need what you have that we would point them right up to you so that, so that they would see our good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. Help us with this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vertical Church Podcast. And thank you to all of you who give generously to this ministry. You make this ministry possible. You can always give online by visiting us at verticalchurch.com. And if you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, rate it, share it with your friends, and you can also share it on social media and tag us at vertical underscore social. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.